This is News Over the City, produced and presented by Ian Davidson. Hello, I'm Ian Davidson, and in this podcast we'll further be discussing executive pay. What is the balance between the shareholders and the talent? We note that CEO remunerations increased by 12% this year, against a fall in the FTSE index of 5%. And we also note that average pay is going up just 1%, not even keeping up with inflation. We'll also be discussing whether or not this entire executive pay debate is a media and political storm in a teacup. We've only seen four defeats of remuneration reports and about a 12% vote against remuneration committee recommendations. Hardly a shareholder spring. We'll also be looking at the wider issues of behaviour in public life. As government ministers come under heavy pressure on their business relationships, they seek to lecture business on business. Is that right? Let us turn to the fraught question of what is the correct balance between shareholders and their talent. It is actually close to impossible to answer. There are huge differences between the way that shareholders expect to be remunerated and the way employees do. Yes, shareholders should earn an appropriate return on their investment. But most shareholders have multiple stocks in their portfolio, so one stock not performing well should have a limited effect on investment return. For employees, the situation is completely different. If an employee loses their job, then they lose the majority, or possibly all, of their wealth creation ability. And employees don't like to see great volatility in their pay year on year, which is exactly where we're driving executive pay. With deferred bonuses and performance hurdles, executives don't know from one year to the next what they're going to be earning. That is not a good recipe for good business. I would in fact argue quite strongly that the employment costs are part of doing business and that shareholders need to consider what their base cost of doing business is and arguably that is the market cost employing somebody then decide how much of the surplus profit is distributed to those employees. So you start from a position of it costs money to run a business Then you look at what is the market cost of doing business and then look at how you distribute the surplus profit rather than just saying they are being paid too much. One cannot look at executive pay in isolation. It has to be looked at as part of an executive labour market. Why is that? Well, goods chief executive officers or CFOs don't grow on trees. It can take years to train up a good CEO. It can certainly take months, if not years, to find a good CEO. They are worth their weight in gold. And research has proven that good CEOs can make a considerable difference to share price. Let's look at a case in point. Sir Martin Sorrell and WPP and the huge furore around his pay packet. This man founded the company, took all the risks and made the organisation what it is today which provides the profits to shareholders. Reported earnings are up 43.3%. So his pay increase in that context may be seen as not being exactly huge. And it's also not very much compared with, for example, the earnings of David Beckham at $26.2 last year. (laughs) 
It is useful to look at the Manifest MMK Executive Director Total Enumeration Survey for 2012. We note that the median uh, total enumeration for FTSE 100 CEOs was in the order of 3.7 million, ever so slightly more than the comedian Jimmy Carr earned last year. And yet, the CEOs of FTSE 100 companies create enormous amounts of value, create thousands of jobs, create millions of pounds worth of revenue to the exchequer, and Jimmy Carr creates some jokes. Where is the comparison there? One could say the same about David Beckham, a nice enough chap, but what is his contribution to the UK economy for the £27-odd million pounds that he is paid every year? This is Views Over the City with Ian Davidson. Two other points are worth picking up from the manifest review of CEO performance and pay in 2011. First of all, they note the increase in short-termism. Well, that's hardly surprising given the volatility that's creeping into CEOs' pay. Who wants to wait four, five or six years to see the fruits of their labour, particularly as, given the short tenure of CEOs in both the UK and the US, there's a possibility they may in fact not ever see the pay. Secondly, the report notes that many maximum awards on terms of vesting occur only after EPS growth is in excess of RPI by 9%. I would have thought most shareholders would have been overjoyed to get an earnings per share growth of RPI plus 9% and shouldn't begrudge their CEO that achievement. Well, I haven't been able to answer the question about what is the proper balance between the employees and shareholder return. But what I think I have illustrated is that the reward-risk mechanism between shareholders and employees is completely and absolutely different, with employees being totally dependent on one organisation for their wealth creation and shareholders not. And we've also noted that CEOs, or well-achieving CEOs, can add considerable shareholder value and that shareholders have to accept there is a cost of doing business and sometimes that cost has to be paid in good times as well as bad and that once that cost of doing business has been met, then we can look at the distribution of surplus profit. So it's not a straightforward or easy discussion or argument and needs a lot more work and there are no simple solutions. This is Views Over the City, produced and presented by Ian Davidson. I think it's time to give some consideration to the social and political context in which the discussion on executive pay takes place. We're in a position where we have government ministers indulging in questionable behaviour in alleged business dealings and dealings with questionable businesses, telling us how to behave. On the same day that doctors strike who earn about £110,000 per year on average with a gold-plated pension that they are fighting to protect, a number of medical specialists wrote to the Telegraph saying that medical treatment should be given regardless of cost. Clearly, they're either not in the same planet as the rest of us or we're not all in it together, even in the Rebecca Brooks sense. We have enormously wealthy people being paid very large amounts of money who appear to be able to legally avoid paying the same level of tax as you on or I. Where is the moral leadership that creates social norms? Certainly not in our political leadership, which is why it is so hard to accept the preaching coming out of Westminster on high pay. There are too many snouts in the trough for that one to work. Today's economic focus. And talking of leadership, what is happening in the Eurozone? 
When are the leaders of that group going to remove their collective digits and come up with a workable solution, even if that involves Greece leaving the euro? Make some, some, some decisions, people, before our double-dip recession turns into a quad-dip recession and dooms us all to a life of poverty, unless, of course, you're a comedian or a footballer. I find myself in agreement with Lords Mandelson. The crisis is built on our borrowing too much and being unable to repay. The same applies to nation-states. The magic money fairy is on our summer holidays. It's time to pay your debts and live within your means. And finally, on today's programme. Please, can someone tell me what Vince Cable is playing at over the Fairpack case? The only people who appear to have won after this are the lawyers pocketing tens of millions of pounds of legal expenses. The savers who put their money into Fairpack have lost. The taxpayer has lost. The directors of Fairpack get away untouched, and probably rightly so. And the real villains of the piece, H-Boss, again, get away scot-free. What is the point? We're back to moral and political leadership. Where is it, and why isn't it where it should be? And more to the point, why is it, why is it not being delivered, as it is what we, the taxpayer, pay for? That was Views Over the City, produced and presented by Ian Davidson.